are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This is Daniel Davis. This week we are looking at Unit 17, Session 3, titled, A Temple Restored. By the decree of King Cyrus of Persia in 538 BC, the exiles of Judah and Babylon were graciously granted permission to return home to Judah with the express purpose of rebuilding the temple of the Lord. Incidentally, it is around the time of the exile and the return that these people began to be called Jews because the descendants of Judah were practically all that remained of God's chosen people. Assyria exiled the northern kingdom of Israel by scattering the people and mixing them with other peoples so that their heritage was mostly lost. This Assyrian exile was the origin of the Samaritan people we read about in the Gospels and Acts, as some Israelites were allowed to remain, but other Gentile peoples were brought into the land north of Judah, and the peoples intermarried. Though this caused a lot of strain between the Jews and the Samaritans, Jesus' ministry would show that no one is beyond the saving grace of God or His loving care. In fact, the prophets routinely spoke of God's providence in bringing salvation to both Judah and Israel by gathering them all from north, south, east, and west, And the prophets even used the name Israel to refer to the sum total of God's people after their gathering, which I think, when read in the context of the whole Bible, includes both Jewish, Samaritan, and Gentile believers in Jesus Christ. But back to the storyline. Immediately after the Jews returned, they set out to lay the foundation in Ezra 3, which resulted in cries of joy from the young, but tears from the old. This speaks to the perspective people had in the return. Here was a chance for a new beginning with the joy of great potential before their eyes. But the older folks recognized that what they had in the present wouldn't compare with the glory of the past temple. Plus, while they were rebuilding their home and resuming the worship of God, they were not doing so independently under a restored kingdom, but under the rule of a foreign power. Hence, the simultaneous cries of joy and sadness. Yet for all the quick progress the people made with rebuilding the altar for sacrifices and the temple's foundation, outside opposition to this work soon set in with physical and political threats. The result was a delay in the construction and a loss of motivation in the people. They would need a prophetic word and the Lord's intervention to help them complete the house that God had brought them back to rebuild. With point one, we pick up a little over 15 years after the temple foundation was rebuilt and dedicated to see the people again obey because of divine encouragement. In the first daily reading for this week, in your group member's daily discipleship guide, they are encouraged to read Ezra 4, verses 1 through 5, and then skip to verse 24 through chapter 5, verse 17. The verses in between, Ezra 4, 6 through 23, refer to another period of opposition at a later time, one related to the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem, not the temple itself. Those verses likely are included here in the narrative of the book of Ezra because of their thematic connection in terms of opposition. And the resolution to that opposition through God's providence is found in Ezra 7 through 10 and the book of Nehemiah. The opposition to the temple being rebuilt came through political and likely physical threats, such that the people were afraid to rebuild the temple, as Ezra 4.4 says. How do you get over fear to do something? Do you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Do you gin up the courage? Sometimes we probably go those routes. But in this case, it took a move of God. The Lord sent two prophets and inspired two officials to help the people get back on track. The officials were Zerubbabel 
and Jeshua, rightful descendants of the Davidic king and the Levitical high priest, respectively. The prophets were Haggai and Zechariah. The chastening and encouragement they gave the people as the Lord's words are recorded in the Bible books by their names, providing us as readers with a good opportunity to read two books of prophecy with a pretty clear understanding of their historical context. In point two, we skip ahead a bit in the narrative to a point just after the political resolution in the form of a letter from King Darius of Persia. To be clear, this is not the Darius of Daniel 6 with Daniel being thrown in the lion's den. That was most likely King Cyrus by another name. This is a Darius who ruled about 15 years later. In response to the prophets the Lord sent, the Jewish officials led the people to begin the work of rebuilding, which raised the ire of their local enemies. Threats were made, and a letter was sent to King Darius to ask for his judgment on the matter. The crux of the matter was whether or not King Cyrus had made his decree in the first place. When it was proven through a search of the historical archives, King Darius replied with his approval of the work to rebuild the temple. This likely takes into account the Persian code that a decree of a king is irrevocable. This fact comes into play in the narrative of Daniel in the lion's den and the book of Esther. Yet while this might seem to be a simple matter of politics, the larger perspective, as the heading for this point indicates, is that the people succeeded in rebuilding the temple because of divine intervention. The command was from the God of Israel, and he steered the hearts of kings of the Persian Empire to permit and support this effort until it was completed. God is sovereign with infinite power to accomplish all his holy will. With point three, we read about the people's response to God's sovereign care and provision through the return and the rebuilding of the temple. They rejoice. With the temple complete, they turned to observing the festivals and ceremonies the Lord had prescribed for them in the law. So at this point in the year, they observed the Passover festival, followed by the festival of unleavened bread, and they did so with joy. How could they not? As the text says, the Lord had changed the Assyrian king's attitude toward them so that he supported the rebuilding of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. Now, the reference to the Assyrian king seems out of place here, seeing that Cyrus and Darius were kings of Persia. But this reference isn't a mistake or an error. Study Bibles will point to an ancient mindset of co-opting previous empires as a heritage for the present empire. So, Persia had the heritage and land of the Babylonian Empire and the Assyrian Empire before them. But this reference also emphasizes the continuity of the Lord's sovereignty in world affairs, and likely hints at the future gathering of all God's people from the four corners of the earth that we discussed earlier. The exile of God's people began with the Assyrians exiling the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, under the Persian king Darius, an inheritor of all of Assyria, the Lord was turning things back and showing favor to his people yet again. God's grace towards sinners is the ultimate reason to rejoice. And we have a much better reason to do so than just a rebuilt temple. On this side of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the fulfillment of the temple who was torn down in death and rebuilt in three days, never to die again. We have the holy record of the glory of God in human flesh coming down to reveal the Father and to build us into His holy temple inhabited by the Holy Spirit so that we may rejoice in His favor and grace shown to us in Jesus Christ and proclaim our Savior's glory, sovereignty, and salvation to all the world. When the people rebuilt the temple, God promised that the glory of that temple would be greater than that of the first. This promise was fulfilled in Jesus, 
who emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, becoming human, so that through doing so, God could dwell with his people and reveal his glory. The image of God's glory leaving the temple in the book of Ezekiel is reversed when Jesus enters the temple in the Gospels. Because God has forgiven our sin and dwells within us, we believers must seek to show through our lives that God is our priority. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.